sent forth his word and healed them and delivered them from their destruction. Psalm 107 verse 20. The message you're about to hear is a straightforward, down-to-earth and insightful teaching by Lady Reverend Adelaide Heward-Mills. Lady Reverend Adelaide serves under her husband, Bishop Dag Heward-Mills, as a pastor at the Lighthouse Chapel International. Lady Reverend Adelaide is a handmaiden of God and is privileged to have been used by God to pastor and to speak the Word of God, both nationally and internationally, to all ages and gender. She has a plethora of messages on many issues, experiences, and situations of life from God's perspective. Get ready to be transformed as you listen to this message by God's anointed handmaiden, Lady Reverend Adelaide Heward-Mills. Was sustained by women. The Bible says they gave of their substance. So even though they may not have been among the twelve disciples, the backbone of the ministry was the women giving of their substance. And I want to encourage you as a woman that you have some substance. You are a woman of substance. And that substance can be used and must be used for the furtherance of the kingdom. Thank God that he made you a woman. Thank God that his creation was not complete without you. When he made everything, it was very good. When he got to a point, he said it was not good. The man should be alone. I've often wondered why he didn't make another man. But he knew that another man would not perfect his creation. And so he had to introduce something that had not been seen before. And man was made directly from the dust, but woman was made from the side of a man. And um, the man fell asleep. When he woke up, Eve was by his side. That is what God brought to him. And he said, Woo, man. And that was woman. God didn't complain again. He didn't say it's not good that this, it's not good that this, it's not. He just went on and said, subdue, have dominion, and you know, be fruitful. That's what the Lord said. And so, without you, God's plan for eternity, for mankind, for whatever purpose He has, is not complete. Don't let the devil deceive you otherwise. Amen. This morning, I'm going to be brief as usual. Turn your Bibles to 1 Kings chapter 10 with me, if you would, please. 1 Kings chapter 10. I hope we are there. I hope that we know the Bible. 1 Kings is not in the New Testament. I'll read from verse 1. When the queen of Sheba heard of the fame of Solomon concerning the name of the Lord, she came to prove him with hard questions. And she came to Jerusalem with a very great train, with camels that bear spices and very much gold and precious stones. And when she was come to Solomon, she communed with him of all that was in her heart. And Solomon told her all her questions. There was not anything hid from the king which he told her not. 
And when the queen of Sheba had seen all Solomon's wisdom, and the house that he had built, and the meat on his table, and the sitting of his servants, and the attendance of his ministers, and their apparel, and his cupbearers, and his and their accent by which he went, his accent by which he went into the house of the Lord, there was no more spirit in her. And she said to the king, It was a true report that I heard in mine own land of thy acts and of thy wisdom. Howbeit, I believed not the words until I came and mine eyes had seen it. And behold, the half was not told me. Thy wisdom and prosperity exceedeth the thing which I heard. Happy are thy men, happy are these thy servants which stand continually before thee, and that hear thy wisdom. Blessed be the Lord thy God, which delighted in thee, to set thee upon the throne of Israel, because the Lord loved, because the Lord loved Israel forever. Therefore made he king, to do judgment and justice. And she gave the king an hundred and twenty talents of gold, and of spices, very great store, and precious stones. There came no more such abundance of spices as these which the queen of Sheba gave to King Solomon. And verse 13, And King Solomon gave unto the queen of Sheba all her desire, whatsoever she asked, beside that which Solomon gave her of his royal bounty. So she turned and went to her own country, she and her servants. Amen. Then come with me to Proverbs chapter 2. Proverbs is also in the Old Testament. No one I think you know because we all like to read the Psalms when we are in trouble. The book of Proverbs is just after Psalms. Well, let's read Proverbs 1, 20, and then we'll come to chapter 2. Wisdom crieth without. She uttereth her voice in the streets. She crieth in the chief place of concourse, in the openings of the gates, in the city. She uttereth her words, saying, How long, ye simple ones, will you love simplicity? And the scorners delight in their scorning, and fools hate knowledge. Turn you at my reproof. Behold, I'll pour out my spirit unto you. I'll make known my words unto you. Because I have called, and you refused. I have stretched out my hand, and no man regarded. But you have set at not all my counsel, and would none of my reproof. In Proverbs chapter 2, verse 3, Yea, if thou priest after knowledge, and liftest up the voice of thy, for, their, for understanding, if thou seekest her as silver, and searchest for her as for hid treasures, then shalt thou understand the fear of the Lord, and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord giveth wisdom out of his mouth. Out of his mouth cometh knowledge and understanding. Amen. And then our last verse is Matthew 12 verse 42. Matthew 12 verse 42. This is Jesus speaking. He says, The queen of Sheba, the queen of the south, shall rise up in judgment with this generation and shall condemn it. For she came from the uttermost part of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon. And behold, a greater than Solomon is here. This morning I want to speak to you about more than a queen. 
more than a queen. Amen. Now, this is the queen of Sheba. And the Bible is telling us that she came from the uttermost part of the world to hear the wisdom of Solomon. And I believe this morning that as women, there are many lessons to learn from the life of the Queen of Sheba. This was no ordinary woman. She was a queen in her own right. Just as Solomon ruled in Israel, she ruled in the southern country. Some people say that it was somewhere in Arabia or somewhere in Abyssinia, in Ethiopia. They are all in the south. And she was not a queen because she was the king's wife, but she was a queen because like Candace that we read about in Acts, those civilizations had women reigning, reigning as their queens. So she was somebody who was governing a whole kingdom. And so was Solomon. And she was endowed. She had riches. She had everything she needed. And for the fact that she was ruling, it meant that she knew what it was to rule a kingdom. And she could have said to herself, you know, you are a king, I'm also a queen. Before I heard about you, I was ruling a kingdom. I don't need anything extra from you. But this woman was more than a queen. Amen. Amen. And she didn't allow her pride, her wealth, what she had, who she thought she was, to stop her from acquiring more wisdom or going beyond what she knew. The Bible says that she heard of the fame of Solomon. Most of us hear a lot of rumors about church life, about ministry. Oh, this pastor did this. You know these pastors, they are chopping money. You hear all those rumors. In Amsterdam, most of the churches there have had a lot of fights. Sometimes in a church, when they take the offering, then two pastors start to fight over it, then there's tear gas. Hey. That, that has to be thrown by another faction and all sorts of things. And we hear all these and sometimes people feel, you know, they are telling you really what is happening in the kingdom of God. And we women are very good at rumor mongering and then contribution. Have you heard that he has left his wife? Have you heard they are having marital problems? Have you heard about the church? Hey, that's your lighthouse. Have you heard? You see, there's a wedding chapel in Accra that my husband has named the Adelaide Chapel. I didn't ask him to name it Adelaide Chapel. I was sitting in church when it was announced that there's now a wedding chapel and it's going to be called Adelaide Chapel. You know? So I was pleasantly surprised but also confused. And when I got home, I said to my husband, you don't need to name the marriage chapel after me. And he said, no, that is what I want to do to honor you. And I said... you've honored me enough. He said, Mommy, please, if I'm doing something, leave me to do what I'm doing. So I left him. But with the passage of time, a friend of mine went somewhere and there was a rumor as usual, a discussion. And they asked her, do you know that your bishop has named that chapel after his wife? They said, yes. So we hear that that means that she takes the offering of all 
the services in Adelaide Chapel. And on Sundays in Adelaide Chapel, we have tree service, gas service, youth service. So it means every Sunday, I become very rich. But those are some of the rumors. And people hear, Lighthouse, oh, they have so many branches. They do this, they do this. Oh, it's because it's professionals. Since a professional church, the way they think, they do professional things, you are using rumor. And instead of going beyond to say, Lord, you've used the bishop. Lord, you've used Lady Pastor. Teach me something beyond the rumor I've heard. We just stay at the rumor side. And we are good at gossiping. So see, we hear a husband really loves her. We hear, instead of looking at the reason why, we think that the husband just arrived and just loved her. But what does she do to make herself lovable? What has she done in her walk with the Lord? What brings a man to that point? Is it because he's afraid of the wife? No, but we stop at that place. We are busy. We, all our knowledge and all that we seek stays at the conversational level. But this woman went beyond what she had heard. She went beyond the rumor. And she decided that I'm going to rather expend efforts to find out what the Lord is doing. Many of us since our salvation, we have not gone any further. Where we are is where we are. We are queens, we are priests, we are royal priesthood, and it just stays there. We do not go beyond that. This woman came and tried Solomon with hard questions, which meant that she was not a dance. She was not a fool. She was somebody who was wise, but she knew that she did not know it all. But many of us women, we think that we know it all. And even that is why women are not able to network. Because the younger women feel that they know. You know, and then they just look, they say, oh, this will be their marriages are not working. If they only do six steps to a successful marriage, they should just read something and then it will work. But the Bible says the younger women should be taught by the older women. But the younger women don't know that they have limitations. They feel that they know. And we know everything. What can an older woman add to us? You see this woman, because her husband gave her a hard time, she's now coming to advise us, take care, look after them, what's all, all this? We do not accept that we have limitations in our knowledge and in how much we know. I have come to see as I've grown up in the Lord that I have many limitations and that I don't know everything. The minute you think you know everything, God cannot use you anymore. God cannot open any new territory to you because as for you, you know everything. But this woman accepted her limitation. I know certain things, but I don't know everything. Some of you, you've even had relationships in the world, and you think that because of that, when I marry him, go to be very wild in the bed between these. Who told you? Your knowledge is very, very limited. Because marriage is different from having a boyfriend. But we have such arrogance as Christians, and we think that we know it all. God, the Bible says, how unsearchable are his riches. You cannot know everything about him just like that. You will have to seek. And you will have to find. Anything that is precious is hidden. The Bible says the mysteries of God are hidden. The Bible says that I will give you the treasures of darkness. 
It is even darkness. The dark alleys and places you walk in, there's certain treasures there. What we read says wisdom is crying out in the streets. How long, you simple-minded, will you love simplicity? But we, we don't care. It's crying in the street, in the marketplace. And we are going about our own business with our own manual. And we are not finding out the wisdom of God. Bible says the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. And I believe that God's word and an encounter with God alone has a lot of wisdom in store for us. This woman accepted her limitations. You cannot know it all. You cannot have it all. There must be something that somebody must supply to you. And some of us don't think that we have any need spiritually. That's why even the church, you don't come. Conventions and things I bother to you, they are like flies bothering you because you don't even know your handicap. You are simple-minded, but you don't know. Everything that's on your mind, you just speak. That's simplicity. The Bible says that the fool speaks his whole heart. Everything that they have as your opinion, you pour it all out. But if you read the word of God, it will show you how far you have come. You see, when I was laid on, I had worked with the Lord for a long time. And I felt that I had certain questions that were not answered. I had been in scripture union for a long time. And I had always struggled with perfection. I wanted to be everything God wanted me to be in no time. And sometimes I would fail. Even when I wouldn't have my quiet time. I mean, I would just weep and say, Lord, I wasn't able to have my quiet time. Then I would sit down and have a week's quiet time. Shows that I was limited in my knowledge because I felt that it's hard labor, you have to accomplish it for God to know that. But God was drawing us to Himself so that we have daily bread, something to live on. But I thought I knew. And when I got to Lagos, I also had questions. And I was looking at the thing, I said, These creatures, look at them. Their jokes are not funny, they wear things when they are out of fashion. <laughs> The dressing is not good. The, I was a Christian, all right. We are all a certain way. I have to try and balance myself as I've come to Legon. And I've found freedom. I have to try and balance myself. And then I met Bishop. And he would say that we are the righteousness of God in Christ. We are new creatures. But I'd also study the Bible. So I'd also say that, look, Bible says that while we were yet sinners, still sinners, Christ died for us. So why do you say that you, you are the righteousness of God? Is it not pride? Is it not impunity? Then he would explain to me. But because I knew the limitations of my knowledge, I was able to receive from him. I spoke in tongues, but I spoke only for five minutes. But when I speak, I'm afraid. When they were praying for Holy Ghost baptism for me, something came, but I didn't know that you have to keep speaking to have utterance. And my leaders who were praying for me also didn't know. So we were there for hours. We prayed, Oh God, anoint us. Oh God, baptize us in the Holy Spirit. And then when we finished, my friend said, I did it come. No. Is there any other sin you can think of that you have not confessed? We confessed all the sins that we had committed, including ones we had not committed. Because we were limited in our, our knowledge. And if I had stopped there, I would not have gone into speaking in tongues. And nowadays, there are times when I'm overwhelmed. And I don't even know how to put my words together. 
that I can lift up a spiritual heavenly language and speak to God from my spirit. Because the Bible says my spirit prays. But most of us, we have drawn the line after thanks, follow up, whatever. There's nothing else. I didn't know about ministry. I knew about follow up, witnessing and follow up. But I didn't know about pastoring. I didn't know about church life. So many things and God reveals them to you as you go along. But many of you, you think you know. And so you don't make the effort. She accepted the limitations of her wisdom and of her knowledge. And if you are going to be more than a queen, you have to accept that. She was prepared to make sacrifices in order to gain wisdom. What are you prepared to sacrifice for? We sacrifice to buy nice clothes. We sacrifice to go and blow time. Somebody's outdoor in Colorado, we will go. But when his daughter he can make it, camp meeting, we say, oh, you know, it's very far. This weekend I'm working, nobody to look after the children, but other things that you are going to shake yourself. Funerals, you will go. Our priorities are misplaced. The Queen of Sheba took a whole journey for days with the whole train just to come and hear the wisdom of Solomon. And Jesus is rebuking this generation. He says, behold, a greater than Solomon, which is Jesus Christ, is here. And for you to rise up from your bed, to even go to your living room, to seek that greater wisdom, is a journey for you. Jesus rose from the dead and the grave. You, you cannot rise up from your bed, even. What sacrifices are you prepared to make to go far with God? What sacrifices are you prepared to make so that you will be more than a queen? What sacrifices? Most of us, we don't buy anything spiritual. Everything spiritual in the house, your husband bought it. Tates, both, everything. Your husband bought it, including your own Bible. But for you to spend money, to buy things that money cannot give you, you are not prepared. Your money, you are keeping it for downtown New York. this, that, but for the kingdom of God. And to invest in yourself, never. You will pay school fees, you will struggle to pay school fees. But to pay for your own spiritual development. Who? You, you are not even a queen yet. And then to be more than a queen. But the queen of Sheba, she took that long journey. The Bible says she came with a train of camels. She came with the people that wait upon her. She came with silver. She came with gold. Just to find out what God was doing Amen. in the life of King Solomon. She came for something that you couldn't really see. Something that didn't even look tangible. Because wisdom doesn't look tangible. And we are so carnally minded. That when we pursue carnal things, things we can see, we are very happy. But when we pursue things that we cannot see, we are not happy. It takes sacrifice to go far with God. It takes sacrifice to go deeper. Bible says that in whom we live and move and have our being. God is always on the move. God is always teaching us new things. But even to fast, that sacrifice that your stomach has to make, you are not prepared to pay. To pray, you 
you rather talk on the phone than go to the throne. You are not prepared. But nothing good comes without sacrifice. A good marriage doesn't come without sacrifice. A good relationship doesn't come without sacrifice. A good church doesn't come without sacrifice. I continually keep sacrificing my husband so that a good church will come out of it. Amen. And as we go along, God shows me different things that he's doing. You see, when the church started, it's just one church. Now, how do you pastor a branch? But some of us, obsession, we are pillars of salt in one place. In working with God, we don't have any spiritual ambition. Not even that you should become a pastor, but to know him more. Paul said that I may know him. When you know him, all the other things will line up. But even the desire to know him is not part of us. That I may know John. I may know Peter. I may know Harry. I may know Freaky Freddy. That is it. But that I may know him is not part of it. But knowledge of him will give you things that you are spending money for. That you don't need to spend money for. Hallelujah. She made a sacrifice. She came all the way. When she came to Solomon, the Bible says that she communed with him all that was in, on her heart. I believe that the, king, the queen of Sheba can be likened to God and us. Solomon can be likened to God and the queen of Sheba is us seeking. And it is when we seek him with our whole hearts that we find him. Isaiah says you will find him if you seek him with your whole heart. And most of us think that wisdom is um, high saluting, abstract, ephemeral, something in the sky. But it's wisdom that gave Solomon exquisite food on his table, exquisite apparel, wonderful workers, rich people. It was wisdom. But when we look, we say, how can the Bible bring me all these things? How can my work with God bring me all these things? You see this daughter, they say we should pay for this and that. No, I won't pay, but if we're having office lunch or something, that one I'll pay. Because that one, even we are wondering whether you are a Christian, we don't know your stance. And then, because you don't want to pay for spiritual things, when you see the lady pastor, now you are bored. Gossiping, talking, if you won't come, it's okay, but don't destroy. Also in the process. The Bible says when the Queen of Sheba came, she communed with her, him everything that was on his heart, on her heart. And because she poured out her heart, God also will pour out his heart to you. The further you go with God, the further he would go with you. He says, draw near to me and I'll draw near to you. It means go far from me and I'll also just be far. You are the one who determines the distance and how close you want us to walk. And that is what God is saying this morning. More than a queen. More than a queen. And when she saw the things that looked ordinary, the food on Abraham, Solomon's table, the meat on his table, his servant that stood there to minister to him, the house that he had built, the ascent that he walked up to the temple of the living God, his ministers in attendance, his servants, their sports, most of us will just be gossiping, hey, it wasn't easy. It was some wild place. It was some wild thing. You know, I remember when we went to LA and we went to the Church of Stars. I was dazzled, I tell you. 
the, the, the sizes of the houses in Hollywood. Even nothing like in Ghana. I was shocked. And the chandelier alone. It's like in the middle of all here. Coming down. And the number of rooms. Wow. Hey, the pastor's house. It wasn't a simple thing. And then they said, oh, in the evening we'll pick you up for dinner. So we go ready, you know, to go for dinner. No, dinner anyway. Hey, dinner in Hollywood. Prime cuts. He said, would you like a circular salad? What's that? <laughs> you know these um, silver basins we have in Ghana that people do washing in? And to me, it looked like that, you know. And they put it in and they let it swell on. That's the circular salad. <laughs> and the steak that you eat, it's like from here to the wall. On a long trolley, that's America for you. They're coming. So which part would you like? And they pay through their noses for that. So, wow. I was aghast. My spirit left me. <laughs> Bishop made the altar call. Those of you who want to be used by God in the ministry, and there comes Magic Johnson's wife, and Denzel Washington's wife. Wow, the church of stars. The list alone that we would take to even the pastor's office. I tell you, I looked like there was spirit in me, but there wasn't. But thank God that it didn't stop them. Most of us, when we see that thing, we are just astounded, we wonder, we are like the Jews. When Jesus preached, they wondered at his word. And they said, ah, it's not this Jesus, how can he preach like that? How come he preaches with authority? Always marveling at the word, but never being affected by it. Many of us, we come for conventions, marveled by the convention, but never changed by the Holy Ghost. More than a queen. And when that happened, what do we do? I spoke to the pastor and I, the pastor said, well, I don't even want to come and live here, but you know, my church members gave me some money and they paid half and then I sold my building and all that. Really? How long did he live, live in his first house for? 30 years. Wow. Now when you come, you see the chandeliers, hey, I would like to be like Bishop Blake from today, from today. But he has come from somewhere. It's taken 30 odd years for him to get there. Then your small congregation, they should buy you a house from home. But most of the time, we just look at things, but we don't take instruction. We don't take instruction. We don't go behind the reasoning. How did they get there? How did God use them that way? How come God has done what he has done? What is the anointing? How do you get into the anointing? No, we don't have any such thing. The book of Proverbs says that, I passed by the field of a slothful man. I saw that his hands were folded and all that. What did he say? He said, I received instruction. The queen of Sheba didn't just look at the ordinary things in life, but she received instruction from what she saw. When you see disaster, receive instruction. When you see divorce, receive instruction. When you see a blessing, receive instruction. When you, you see prosperity, receive instruction. Don't just look at it on the periphery, on the face of it, and say that, hey, these people, they are very wonderful. It is well with them. It's because my husband is a welder. If you were a doctor, everything would be okay. Do you know that when you come to this country, first of all, as a doctor, you have nothing. And it's not a simple situation. 
they don't tell at all because they don't also have the opportunity to speak to you about everything. So we must be more than queens in looking at life, more than what we see, more than what we hear, but going beyond that to see what God is doing behind the scenes. And what is bringing us to that place. Some of you are sitting here, oh, this lady pastor, she can preach for How did she start? How did she get to where she is? Do you know that before she comes to preach, she has butterflies? Do you know that when she preaches in Accra, she doesn't get down from the stage because the people are lost. I just stay there. It's my husband who works in the middle of them. Talk to them. Do you see the but here you are smaller, so I'm just trying to look whatever. But in Accra, I don't get down at all. I stay there. On the stage. But how did God bring her to a place? It started with quiet time. Personal Bible study. Person to person. Small Bible study groups. What we have called bustles. Do you know bustles? Bus and cell ministry in a home. It's called bustle. That's new. Bustles, AOSMs. Little by little, God begins to use you. God begins to use you in trickles. And when you are faithful in the trickles, then it begins to get bigger, bigger, bigger. And then it becomes a river where many people can come and drink from. <laughs> Hallelujah. But many of us think that we should start from the top. And many of us think if I pass my IPTP exams, then I'm really ready for ministry. But ministry is more than a book. And that is why this year they said, summarize the book. <laughs> because we know that some of you have just true that you will come about summarize what the book is saying. Mercy on your souls. Amen. And so it's looking beyond things. Going in the being a deep person. That is what makes us know what God is doing. Look at your own life when you are blessed. And don't just say that, oh, I just happen to have food on my table. I just happen to be healthy. I just happen to have gone for the checkup and the doctor said everything is okay. No. The Bible says that the Lord, he blesses us with good health. Hallelujah. He forgives all my iniquities. He heals all my diseases. The Bible says the Lord preserves your going in. All these things will stop us from being presumptuous about life, about what God gives, about what we are doing. My intelligence, my willpower has gotten me here. If we are to be more than queens, we will see beyond what is seen, beyond our senses. You have a good husband and yet you can't see. Because all that you are seeing is his bad sides. His weak sides. But his good sides outweigh the bad sides. But you are not seeing that and even lifting up your hands. Lord, thank you for giving me such a husband. You are rather praying that the Lord will kill him. <laughs> Have mercy on us, O oh God. More than a queen. Turn to your neighbor and say, Be more than a queen. Than a queen. Hallelujah. She also saw that Solomon was a love gift to his people from God. That means that she was somebody who valued people. She said, It's because God loves his people that he gave you as a wise king to be their ruler. But many of us, we don't see our, our, our leaders as gifts. We don't see human beings as gifts. The pastor, 
he, he just that's what he found to do so he's just doing it we don't see beyond that and we don't value people we value things she had things but she knew the value of human beings if you are going to amount to anything in the ministry you have to value people Jesus valued people he said that for one sheep I will leave the 99 and go and look for the one he said I'm not come but for the lost sheep of Israel that's why he came she said that God loved his people that's why he gave a great king like you to be their ruler how many of us honor God or see that God brings people into our lives to bless us I have come to appreciate relationships very much and to see that people are more precious than anything else that you can have to get faithful people to stand with you in ministry to get people who genuinely love you it's not easy to come by and when you see it, you have them you must treat them good because they are a blessing from God I see that my husband coming into my life has enriched my life in many ways it has opened up many more fruitful relationships to me there are many people I would not have known I would not have been blessed with I would not have been able to relate to if my husband had not obeyed the call of God so when you are thinking about the ministry don't be angry that it always comes late think about the precious lives that God has so enriched your life with my church members have enriched my life hallelujah and I'm grateful for that it is because God loved his people that he gave them a great king such as you usually when you encounter one person in a relationship it will open up many more relationships why have I been able to go to Yongi Cho Bishop Charles Blake get to know other pastors wives get to know people who are doing the same thing we are doing it's because my husband has related to them and through that God has opened doors to me as well I have been to Korea not on a law course I've been to Japan not because I was attending a summit but because the relationship with my husband brought me into other relationships and as I go to Korea I see what God is doing wow the biggest church in the world and they still have cell meetings and still minister to people one-on-one -on -one. and they believe a lot in using women in the ministry and all these things enrich my life the first day we went we were not known by anybody and one of the pastors who knew us a Swiss pastor said oh come to Dr. Cho's dinner and just be here we were too happy we felt too privileged to be there and we were not looking for anything so when all the board members were in front like that we were at the back because you know we were just there by grace and as Yongi Cho came in you know I told my husband hey Yongi Cho has come Mom, do you have your camera? Are you <laughs> then, as your teacher was chatting, we didn't venture because we don't know him. He had tried to meet him earlier in Switzerland, he was a beast. So, we're just standing there chatting, and then we saw your teacher doing that. Then his assistant came and said, Dr. Cho wants you to sit at his table. <laughs> were shocked why us Yongicho he doesn't know us I'm in Africa and there were no Africans on the board at that time so we went to sit by Mr. and Mrs. Cho 
And all the Americans were wondering because it's a place everybody vies for, you know. And it's like, who are these? Even some people said to me, you must be a very special couple. You know, I said, oh. Just favor, you know. Just God. God is just bringing us to that place. And then as we were eating, the food was not easy to eat, though. One of the Norwegian pastors said to us, you see these people, they eat every crawling thing. I said, like what? He said, like lizards and snakes. But I was sitting by Dr. Cho, so I had to, you know. I didn't eat it, but I was eating the rice. And my husband was speaking to me in Ghan. But who bought more than you know it? By the next year, we were on the board, and that has brought us into so many great relationships. And it was just valuing a person. Just valuing a person. Valuing my husband and seeing that he's not just there. Oh, this is my husband. I married him in uh, the university. At the university, he wasn't even Pastor Dai. He was No. You must see beyond that. And you must see that God has brought many blessings of human lives into your life because of that person hallelujah and as i said you being sheep you give us work to do because if you don't have problems my work as a counselor or my calling will not come into being so the queen of sheba she saw the value of human beings and women must see the value of human beings and people that god brings your way Often they will come through naturally looking ways, you know, like Ruth and Naomi, oh, there's a farming, and then you just come and you meet the person. But it is all God's design, and it is all meant to bring you into a closer and deeper walk with the Lord. Hallelujah! And one last thing that she did was that she honored the gift of God. Solomon didn't need her wealth, Solomon didn't need her riches, and many of us we give because. He's a needy man of God. But the Shunammite woman, she said, let's make an upper room and order for him because he's a holy man of God, not because he's a needy man of God. And if I were the queen of Sheba going to visit Solomon, it would not occur to me that let me take gold, silver. The Bible says that there was nobody as rich as him in the whole wide world. So he doesn't need my things. But it's not the need. It's the honoring of the gift. And when we honor that gift, it comes back to us. You don't only honor with money, but money and things are a good place to honor. But even just your heart attitude alone is also a way of honoring what God is doing. If you don't honor his word above your emotions, you don't honor his word above your traditions, you don't honor God's word above what your mother has told you, nothing will come to you. If you don't honor his word above your friends, there's a convention for me to drive four hours. I can't do. Me, this cloth. I have some yellow t-shirts. I'll wear it. But if there's a sale and I have to buy something, I'll buy it. But for them to be a uniform spirit, no, I will not. I will not be involved at all. Remember, so we need people to join various committees. Mass Square, this and that. I mean, I have enough problems of my own. There's no matter. But if you do not honor the things of God, 
or what God has honored, you would stay where you are and you will never become what God wants you to become. This morning, may you overcome laziness. May you overcome apathy. You are just there. You say, if I don't come, the church is not empty. If I come, it's not full. So, lady pastor, it doesn't really matter. But may we as women become more than queens. To move beyond what we know. Move beyond the familiar. And always know that there's always more in God to know. Some of you, you have not suffered affliction. So you don't know the God who is able to bring us through the service. You don't know. It's not your fault. But if you will open up, the Lord will prepare you. So that even when you go through the affliction, because you have acquired more than you know now, you will know that the fourth man is with you. And that the fourth man will take you through. Some of you have had very bad experiences and whatever of marriage acted before you. You don't have a good example. It's time to come to his word. And know that you are limited in what you know. And that God wants to teach you something else. You know that all your battles you have to fight and insult. And today God is saying your weapons are not carnal. But they are mighty through me. To the pulling down of strongholds. Some of you, you have not become desperate enough like Hannah. To come to God and say, I don't care. I'm not leaving till you do this one thing that you have said that you would do. May you be more than queens this morning. And may you do what the queen of Sheba did. To pay a price for the surpassing knowledge of Christ Jesus. Amen. Please stand to your feet. It was great having you today. To find out more about the resources available by Adelaide Hewitt Mills, please visit the Vision Bookshop at the Kodesh, North Kaneshi, or meet her on Facebook at Reverend Mrs. Adelaide Hewitt Mills. For prayer and counseling, please call 0243-187-900. You can also drop us an email at honeyonmylips at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. Until next time, God richly bless you.